Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. I always try to time it just right when I get out on stage that the lights beam just as I put the Bible down. It looks very spiritual when you do it that way. Celebration Church, how you guys doing? You guys doing good? Can we put our hands together for our online audience, those who are listening on the podcast, those who are at Julington Creek, Orange Park. We are so, so glad that you are here with us today. My name is Keith. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm truly honored and privileged to, to be with you guys today. I've been so excited and being blessed personally through this incredible Living Large series. So it's, it's only fitting that Pastor would ask me to come and, and close it out. And I've been praying about this and learning a lot myself. So I'm truly honored to, to be with you guys today. You know, as I think about our incredible visionary pastors, I, I have to give them some honor, as I, as I typically do whenever I get an opportunity to speak like this. I realize that I'm, on, I'm standing on a stage that I didn't build. And, and often when I, when I see Pastor Stovall, I'll randomly just say, hey man, thank you. And they're like, man, like, okay, what do you, and I, but I say that because thank you for being obedient to the call of God on your life over 20 years ago, when God put a vision in his heart to come to Jacksonville, Florida, knowing no one, but somehow his obedience has created an atmosphere, not only for us to come and worship, but also for me and my family to walk in our calling. And I'm so grateful for pastors that are not afraid to step out in boldness. So could we please put our hands together for Pastor Stovall, Pastor Kerry, we love you guys. We're so, so grateful for, for all that you guys do for us in the church. I'm ready to jump into the word of God. Anybody ready to jump into the word of God today? I'm really excited to, to be with you guys. I wanna also shout out my, my beautiful wife sitting on the front row over there. Hey girl, hey. Go ahead and wave to the people, let them know. She is evidence that the grace of God is evident in my life, in Jesus' name. Well, as you guys know, we've been in this, this Living Large series and we've had this, this foundational text that I wanna, I wanna read to you guys, just to kinda, as, as a fresh reminder of, of, of where we've been so far on this journey. In, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, the Bible says, the world of this generous gets larger and larger. The, Lord, the world of the, the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are themselves helped. It's, it's a great foundational scripture that we've used to kind of build out this incredible series that we've been in. And so far, we've really unpacked the idea of like giving is a, is a matter of the heart. It's a form of, of worship. And so we've talked a little about how God uses our resources and our obedience to be a blessing to others. But today, I'm excited to close out another aspect of giving. And, and today, we're going we're gonna to look in the gospel of Matthew chapter 25 as we look at what happens when we give. So if you have your Bibles with you, I would encourage you to turn with me to Matthew 25. We're gonna read at, at verse number 14. It's a very uh, familiar passage of scripture if you've been around church for any period of time. If you don't have your Bible, it's quite okay. It'll be on the, the, the Bible in the sky in just a moment. But the Bible says this at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Somebody say his goods. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went out and journeyed. Then he who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who received two talents, two more also, and he who had received the one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, somebody say a long time, the Lord of those servants came to settle accounts with them. Verse 20. So he who had received the five talents came and brought the other five talents saying, Lord, look, you've gave me five talents and look, I've gained five more as a result. Verse 21, his Lord said to him, 
Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, and I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. You know, what happens in this passage as we go a little bit further, the man who had the two talents came and had the same testimony. Lord, you gave me two, I made two. And he received the same affirmation. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's rest. But then there was the one who came and he presented fear as opposed to faith. He said, Lord, I was afraid, so I hid it. And the interesting twist of all this stuff is not so much the the punishment of that servant that didn't have faith. It was so much that the one talent that he had, it was taken from him and given to the first man. So if we're keeping count, the first man went from zero to five to 10 to 11, all as a result of just being faithful. Today, I wanna talk to us about this idea of what happens when we're faithful with what God puts in our hands, and I've entitled this message, Upgraded. Upgraded. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your people, God. We thank you for the resources that you give us, Father. God, we we don't take it lightly, God. None of us are here by accident, God, so I pray that you speak to us. Lord, I pray for open eyes, God. I pray that we can see you in areas where maybe we have lost sight. Father, I pray for open ears that we can hear the truth of your word, even in the midst of all the, the noise that's in the world. But Father, I also pray for open hearts that we can receive your truth, even in a world that's filled with so much lies. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, there's, there's a few words in the English lexicon that will immediately result in an expression of a reaction whenever they're heard. For some, it could be something as simple as this. Will you marry me? Now, for the woman that's been waiting to hear that, hopefully, if everything has worked well in that relationship, there's gonna be an expression of joy that you'll see on her face, particularly the way that they do these proposals nowadays. Like, I, I'm so glad that I've been in relationship with my wife for as long as I have been because the pressure of the way that you do the proposal is something that's exhausting when I think about it. I look at Instagram and I look at some of my friends that are here at church and when they ask the proposal, it's like uh, there's a dove that flies by at the exact moment. There's a drone that comes around and, and captures the moment perfectly. It wasn't nothing like that for me and my wife. It was more like a negotiation. I was like, hey, what are you doing on June 3rd? Guess what? We're getting married now. Amen. Let's do this thing, and we're still together. So I'm telling you, it's all about the, it's all about the, the, the marriage, not the wedding. Anyway, um, so there's, there's, there's words that you hear that will certainly get you a response. For others in here, and this is something that's more in faith, but something that if you hear these words, I'm certain there's going to be a reaction that you're going to give. And that could be Jacksonville. The Jaguars are the Super Bowl champions there's a reaction that you get. Now, obviously, that one is not rooted in truth anytime soon, but it's possible. We're in the household of faith. It's possible. Anything is possible when grace gets involved. But if you hear it, there's going to certainly be a response. And, and for me, I'm at a season of life where things have, have shifted for me. So there's, there's four magic words for me that when I hear them, I will smile like a 12-year-old at a Justin Bieber concert. And, and, and here's those words. You have been upgraded. Oh my goodness, whenever I hear those magic words, it just does something inside of me. I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking, it's quickening inside my soul. Whenever I hear those magic words, you have been upgraded. And the upgrades don't even have to be that significant. Sometimes it's just implied. Like if I go to a fast food restaurant and I look inside the bag and I realize they gave me a large fry instead of a medium, oh my goodness, it is a good day. I'm gonna call my wife up. I'm gonna let her know that heaven has come to earth as a result of what's in my bag. 
bag right now. I, it doesn't take much to get me excited about what I feel that God is blessing me with. If I have an extra nugget, I may tweet about it. I'm just letting you know. It's a, it's a deal whenever I believe that I've been upgraded and I didn't have to work hard for it. It doesn't take much at all. But, but I remember this one. This one is probably at the, the mountaintop of all of my experiences. I remember I, was, uh, I took my car to, to put it in the shop. And typically when I put my car in the shop, they'll give me a, a loaner that's very similar to the car that I put in the shop. But when I, when I took my car to the shop, they actually upgraded me. The guy was looking in the computer. He's like, oh, man, like you've been a faithful and loyal customer for so long. We're going to upgrade you to another vehicle. So when I get inside of this vehicle, I feel like I just stepped inside of a time capsule. Now, you have to understand my context before y'all judge me. My, my, my car prior to this was a 21-year-old Jeep Cherokee. So I realize that there's a lot of things that are standard nowadays that you guys just take for granted. But when you're in a 21-year-old car struggle, there's certain things that you're not even familiar with. It was a blessing if I could even get the windows to roll down. So when I got inside this car, it was, it was incredible that when I turned the car on, on the screen it said, welcome. <laughs> I have never been welcomed by turning the car on. My Jeep was like, oh, it was you again. But this, but this car said, welcome. We're like, so glad you're here. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like heaven on earth. As I began to drive this car, I realized that they had like these sensors to tell me when I'm like swerving out of my lane. Like these sensors. It, it did kind of create a little bit of like, I was a little self-conscious because I didn't realize I swerved as much as I did. But nonetheless, the, the sensors were telling me like, hey man, you're drifting over a little too much. Stay in your lane. It was, it was mind blowing to me. And then there was this one, it started to rain and I'm trying to find the, the windshield wipers and the windshield wipers automatically start working. In fact, there's sensors on the windshield that it can sense when it's raining and they automatically start going at the appropriate speed. Let me tell you something, my 21-year-old Jeep didn't do that. I couldn't even find the right speed. There was one speed, it was slow. So I would have to like turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off in order to have the proper visibility. But now I have this car and they've thought about everything. But the cream of the crop was this. As I'm driving, I'm looking and I'm noticing this digital display that's like on the windshield. It's called a heads-up display. So as I'm driving, I can actually see the speed that I'm driving at through the windshield. I don't even have to look at it. Like somebody thought about it enough that I don't even have to look six inches down to see the speed. It's right there in front of me. I'm thinking like this is heaven on earth. And so when I got home, I told my wife, I said, hey, we should go on a road trip. I don't know how long we're going to have this car. I don't know how long our car is going to be on the shop, but we probably need to go for a ride. She's like, oh, it's been a long day. I don't know if I want to. I'm like, no, we need to go on a road trip. She's like, well, where you want to go? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just drive to Orlando. She's like, why? What's, it's, it's late. We got to be at work tomorrow. So what? We'll go hang out with Josh and Becca. We'll come back. It's all good. Let's get in the car and maximize the moment. You don't want to argue when grace is involved. Let's go. I didn't, I didn't win the argument, but what I did manage to do was I convinced her. I was like, hey, so um, do you want me to go get something to eat? You always got to have multiple plans when you're in a marriage. Like, okay, plan A, plan B, you got to have multiple. I got a whole thing through Z. So I said, okay, you want something to eat then? She's like, okay, that'll be good. So I, I leave to go get something to eat. While I'm out, I'm like, hey, let me give her a call and see if there's anything I need to pick up at the grocery store on my way back. I'm just trying to enjoy the ride while I have it. And so I call her up and she's like, yeah, you can go ahead and, and pick up some stuff. I come home, drop the stuff off. I'm not going to say I intentionally forgot something, but I intentionally forgot something. So I said, oh my gosh, honey, I forgot to bring home the onions. I'll go back. She said, no, 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 I have some onions. They're frozen. It's all good. I said, listen, girl, you silenced that. You deserve fresh onions. Baby wants fresh onions. We're going to go get you some fresh onions. I'll be right back. In fact, I'm not even going to go to the Publix down the street from our house. I'm going to go to the one across the town because that's the ones that I know you like better. So I'll be back in an hour. It's all good, though. So... 
I went across town and came back, and I was just enjoying it until it came to an end when I had to return the car. But it was okay. It was the best two days that I can imagine being inside of a vehicle. And I, and I couldn't help but to think, as I began to look at this, this, this vehicle that I was driving, that the comfort of it, just the vibe of it, I was like, I didn't even have to, I didn't have to pay for this. I, I didn't have to pay for this. The only thing that qualified me was the fact that I was a loyal customer. The, the, in fact, the statement was, because you are a loyal customer, we're going to upgrade you to something that you didn't work for, for something that you don't deserve, but it's only because you have been loyal. Oh, I didn't even get to the good part yet. But what I know is that the world doesn't have anything on the God that we serve. Well, this is what I mean by that. The very same world that mimics what God does, God says to this in, in Malachi 3, if you could just trust me, if you could just be faithful, I will open up a window of blessing for you that you won't have room enough to receive it. See, the loyalty program started with God, and God said if you could just be faithful and loyal with the things that I put in your hand, you'd be amazed at how far your life can go. You see, God shows us his grace by giving us things that we just didn't ask for, that we didn't work for, but nonetheless, we still find it as a part of our reality. And as I, and as I look at this narrative with this, this servant, I can't help but to think when I, when I look at him, we don't know much about him. We don't know how long he's been a servant. We don't know how long he's been connected to this particular master. All we know is we're introduced to this character, and it says that he's a servant, and we know that the master has an abundance. After that, it shifts, and it says that the servant is now given five talents. That's it. He's given five talents, and then it goes on to another two guys. But if we look into what this man is given, he is given five talents. I can't help but to, to notice that five is the number of grace. So if we could just make this super simple, the man is just given grace. God gives this man grace to grow. So when the man begins to receive the five talents, it's symbolic of receiving grace. We don't know what the man's background is. We don't know what family he was brought up in. But somehow, just because he had the grace that was in his life, he was able to produce something successful. What I want to let you know is that it doesn't matter what you grew up in. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. As long as grace is involved, that you are assured that you're going to have productivity. You are assured to be successful as a result of looking at what grace gives you. I want to show you this in, in 1 Peter chapter 4, if we can put that on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, As each has received the gift, minister to one another as stewards of the manifold grace of God. You see that? It says that they, we all receive this gift, this gift that we're given, and all we have to do is steward the grace of God. It, it kind of reminds me of what it says in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 28, where it talks about how God created Adam and Eve, and what it says is, and God blessed them, and it says to them, be fruitful and multiply, and have dominion on the earth. Look at that. Adam and Eve started with nothing, but they had a blessing. They had nothing, but they were still encouraged to multiply. They had nothing, but they still were given dominion. It's amazing when the grace of God gets involved with your nothing. That's all you actually need. And so what we see with this servant, what we see with Adam and Eve, is that grace was given, and now increase was now a possibility. I want to encourage somebody in here today. For so, far too long, the world has convinced us that we didn't get a fair shot. We didn't start off with the same playing field as everyone else, that we don't have the same opportunities of everyone else. And while that stuff is very real, I'm aware of it. What I can tell you is there is no lid, there's no limit that can be created by the world that the grace of God cannot penetrate and break through and not pour out blessings for you. But it starts with having a perspective of generosity. You know, I truly believe that there's, there's three primary filters. There's three principles that we can grow from as a result of what's happening here with this particular servant. The first one is this. Being faithful upgrades what we produce. 
Being faithful will upgrade what we produce. Let me, let me break it down for you. You see with this, with this servant, he starts with five, he ends with 10. It doesn't take a, a, a mathematician, it doesn't take a genius, it doesn't even take a scientific calculator to see that we are looking at double. So this man who was given five was able to produce 10 just as a result of being faithful, just as a result of just, just showing up, just as a result of just doing his job, just as a result of just, of just being obedient and walking with what was put into his hands. It kind of reminds me of the story of Abram. We're told about this man named Abram in, in Genesis 12, but by the time we get to Genesis 16, we hear about this promise. And in fact, we see this shift that happens in Abram's life. Abram means exalted father. But in Genesis 16, God shows up and says, you know what? You're not exalted father anymore. I'm going to call you Abraham, which means father of nations. There's an upgrade that just took place, but yet Abram has not even lived up to his first name. In other words, the promise began with saying, you're going to produce a seed. You're going to produce a child, and you're going to be blessed. Before he even had an opportunity to give birth to the child that God had put inside of him, God had already upgraded him to saying that you're going to be the father of all nations. In fact, you're going to be the father of faith. It was all because he was faithful. It's amazing how when we are faithful, when we make a decision in our minds that we're going to humble ourselves and be submitted to what God puts in our hand, how he has this ability to upgrade us before we have an opportunity to live up to what's currently in our hands. I'm talking about the person who just started at your job, and they're already looking at you and saying, you know what, we're viewing you for, for management. You just have a grace on your life. I'm talking about the person who just gets into school, and you don't even necessarily have all the wisdom, but yet you still have favor with the teachers. It's because God recognizes that there's something on your life, and people begin to identify with that, and they begin to see that you're a person person who's primed to be upgraded. If you see that you're sometimes at work and people are putting more things in your lap, and at first it could be frustrating, it could be overwhelming, but it's because God knows that you are going to be a person who's going to function with excellence, that you're going to be a person that's going to show a breakthrough, that you're going to show, be a person that shows what it means to be a person that, that manages with, with grace. You see, just by being a person who is faithful, it's amazing how God will upgrade what you're able to produce. I'm not sure about you, but maybe there's some areas in your life where you feel like there's lack. Maybe there's some areas of your life where you feel like there's a deficit. I want to assure you, if you can just be faithful with what God puts in your hands, if you can just be faithful with what God puts in your hand, but you'd be amazed at what God puts in your hand when you settle the lordship in your heart. You see, when you settle in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the one that I'm going to put all my energy into, that I recognize that it all comes from Jesus. So you're not blessed because of your output. You're blessed because of your outlook. And if I can look out and see Jesus, if I can look out and see that I, there's people that have needs, if I can look out and recognize that everything that I have is not for me, but it's for God, there's amazing what God will do with a person who has a submitted heart. You see, this servant was able to take what he had and go from five to ten simply because he made a decision to be faithful. You know, that the second thing that I believe that we can look at is that not only are when we are faithful do we have an upgrade in what we produce, but when we're faithful, it, it, it upgrades the way that we walk. It really does. When we're faithful, it upgrades the way that we walk. And, and, and let me explain to you what I mean by that. When you, when you study the scriptures, what happens is you see that the talents are given to this man. And what the Bible says is that he immediately begins to trade them. That means that he didn't go from five to ten immediately. It wasn't like he said, okay, I got five, now I have ten. Boom, one transaction. In fact, what it implies is that he had five. And when he had the five, he took one of the five and began to invest it. And then he came back with six. Once he got the six, okay, let me take another one and invest it. Wow, I got seven. What it shows is that in that process of time, he began to slowly negotiate, began to slowly see increase in his life. You see, when you start getting some wins under your belt, it changes the way that you walk around things. 
It changes your confidence levels a little bit when you start seeing like, okay, this is the first house that I sold, but now I sold three houses. So now when I walk around this conversation, I have a little bit more knowledge. I have a little bit more confidence. I have more boldness around it because when you have success, it breeds confidence and confidence changes the way that you walk. I remember when um, I was pursuing my first calling back when I was in the early stages of high school when that calling was for me to be a rapper. It was, it was. Um, I'm still working through it, but that was, that, was my, that was my first calling. My first calling, I really felt it was, I was called to be an MC. And you don't even understand the weight of what that means because when you decide to be a rapper, it's a big deal when you decide what you're gonna call yourself. Like, this is the name that people are gonna know me as. This is the name that we're gonna talk about. So I remember as I wrestled with this idea of like, what am I going to call myself? There's a lot of options on the table, but it all finally settled down on this infamous name, Cool Keith. Just, just playing cool Keith. The problem is, I was a freshman. And being a freshman, you're not that confident to walk around like you're cool. So there was a disconnect between what I called myself and the way that I actually behaved. So while I was called cool Keith, I walked very much like this. Didn't want to be seen, didn't want to be recognized, just want to go from one point to the next point. Well, as time moved forward, I was given an opportunity to kind of do like my first show. And when I did my first show, I'm being humble here, but I killed it. I killed it. I knocked it out the park. It was incredible. I knocked it out the park. And so after I did that, when I came to school the next day, the atmosphere was completely different. I was no longer that anonymous kid that no one recognized, but it was like, oh, yo, cool, Keith, man, you did a great job last night. I said, yes, I did. <laughs> I went from walking like this to like this. This is, where I, this is where I coined my patented walk. Well, you don't even speak to people anymore. You just point and nod. I'm going to show you. It's just. Oh, yeah. I, don't even got time to, I don't even got time to stop anymore. Like, I'm just moving. Just moving. Everybody got people to see. It's amazing how when you start to get some wins under your belt, it changes the way that you walk around some things. It's amazing how when you get some confidence, when you know that you have some support behind you, it changes the way that you walk around some things. What I truly believe is when you recognize that God has got your back, it changes the way that you walk around the circumstances that you face. So even if, oh my God, even if I've discovered that I get laid off from my job, I walk around that differently because I know that God is my provider. Even if I hear that there's hardship in my family, I walk around it differently because I know who God is in my life. It's amazing how when you are faithful with God, it upgrades the way that you walk. You walk with confidence. You walk with boldness. You walk with faith and not by sight. It's amazing how it can change the way that you look at things when you recognize the God that you serve. You see, we're told about Jacob. And what the Bible tells us about Jacob is that he had an encounter with God. And after he left that encounter with God, it forever changed the way that he walked. So when people saw him walking with a limp, they were saying like, hey man, looks like you got injured. I didn't get injured. I had an encounter with God. I survived it. And so that means that whenever I face opposition, you're not as strong as the God I face. So the same God that allowed me to get through that situation is the same God that's going to get me through this next situation. It changes the way that you walk when you have an encounter with God. It changes the way that you walk when you know that God is who he says he is. It changes the way that you walk when you know that God is your healer. It changes the way that you walk when you know that God is your provider. It changes the way that you walk when you know that God's going to show up even in the midst of your brokenness. It just changes the way that you walk. Y'all better sit down before I start preaching in here. See, you see, when, you, when you're faithful, it, it, it upgrades the way that you walk. It, it really does. You know, the third thing that I truly believe, the third thing I believe is that when you're faithful, it upgrades, it upgrades where you stand. It upgrades where you stand. Let me, let me explain that to you. 
You see, after a long time, somebody say long time. After a long time of this servant working and, and serving and being faithful, he's at a point now where he has 10 talents. The master now shows up after a long time. Somebody say long time. It wasn't overnight. It was a long time. I don't know if someone's hearing me. It didn't happen overnight. It was a long time. You've been serving for a while. It may seem like it's a long time, but God can show up in any moment. He can change everything that's happening in your life, but don't give up. It was a long time. When the master does show up, the master shows up and he begins to have this interaction. And he says, look, man, you gave me five and I actually have produced 10. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you a ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your master. Let me, let me explain this to you. There's so much that's happened in this text that I, if I were to try to preach it, we would be here till tomorrow. But let me, let me consolidate it real quick. The servant was summoned to meet his master, and the text implies that he was referred to as a servant. So the servants are summoned. After the master recognizes what the servant has been faithfully doing, the servant is now upgraded to good and faithful servant. So no longer am I just a servant, but I am a good and faithful servant. I just received an upgrade because I've been faithful. But before the master could even finish the sentence, he said that you have been faithful over a few things, so I'm only going to make you a ruler over much. So the man went from being a servant to being a good and faithful servant to now be called a ruler. Oh my God, I don't know if you caught that. But what happened is he went from being a servant, was upgraded to being called a good and faithful servant, and now he is called a ruler. In other words, he went from a renter to being an owner. In other words, what has happened is he went from being a person who was entrusted to manage much to being a person who now oversees much. I'm talking about the ultimate upgrade, and this is what happens when you are a ruler as opposed to being a servant. Being a servant means that you are managing and stewarding someone else's gifts. But what we recognize is that this same servant who started with nothing was given five to manage, now receive 10, and as a result of that, he encouraged another one as a result of the person who walked by fear. What I want you to understand is when you are faithful with God, it upgrades where you stand, and where you stand as a ruler, there's a lot of things that are under your feet. That means that you have dominion. What the Bible tells us is that God has called us to have dominion. He does not want us to be oppressed of finances. He doesn't want us to be oppressed of the circumstances of the world. God has called us to have dominion, and when he said that I am calling you to be a ruler, that means that I'm I'm putting things under your feet. I know that there's some things that you may be working and striving for, but I'm putting them under your feet. You may have some setbacks and struggles in your life, but I'm putting them under your feet. It's amazing what God will put in your hand when you are faithful in your heart, but it's amazing what God will put under your feet when you're faithful what's in your hands. If I can just manage to be faithful with what God gives me, the things that he'll put under my feet. I'm not sure the things that seem to be lorded over your head, but if you can just manage what's in your hand, God is going to put it under your feet. The struggles in your marriage, God's going to put it under your feet. The struggle in your finances, God's going to put it under your feet. The struggles with your insecurity, God's going to put it under your feet. It's amazing how we are able to be faithful with what God has given us, that he puts so much things under our feet, and it changes. It changes where we stand. I've, I've learned in my life that, that what I stand on gets built on. What I, what I stand on gets built on. Here, here's what I mean by that. If I stand in fear, then I begin to build my identity in fear. I begin to build my home in fear. And when things begin to close in, I lose stability because I'm so concerned and the foundation isn't strong. 
But when I am standing and I build on the word of God, that means I may have some opposition that may come my way. And I may rock a little bit, but I am not going to lose my place. The adversary is always trying to get us to lose our balance. But the way that you maintain your balance is by having a lower center of gravity. And if I could just get lower and build myself on a platform and a foundation of the things of God, and some things may bring me to my knees. Some things may call me to trust on God. Some things may call me to believe in what the word says, even when my circumstances doesn't match it. But I will not be moved from this place because God's word says I will be healed. God's word says I will be blessed. God's word said that if I could just continue to be faithful and serve and give, there's going to be results from it. I realize that the wind is blowing, but I will not be moved from this spot. See, what I stand on is going to get built on. So my question is, what are we, what are we building on? Unfortunately, with the, with, the mas- with the servant who was afraid, when he was standing before the master, he said, Lord, I was afraid. So I didn't, I didn't do anything with it. I was afraid, so I, I didn't give. I was afraid, so I didn't serve. This is what I've, I've learned in my life. When it comes to being a faithful steward of what God gives you, you will either walk by faith or you will walk by fear, but you can't do both. And when you settle that in your heart and recognize that regardless of what's happening around me, I'm going to be a person that anchors myself in what God's word says about me. It's amazing how that has the ability to change the atmosphere. I'm going to, I want to close with this. As I was driving my, my fancy vehicle that I was just so envious of that I knew that I would never get, when I got back home, I wanted to research all the features because I figured if I was going to have this car for the next two days, I need to know everything that it does so I can tap into it. I'm, I, that's my belief. I, I really am. Like, my wife will tell you, I'm a researcher. Like, if I find something out, I'm looking at all of it. I'm trying to figure it all out. Because this is what I believe, Pastor John, you're going to appreciate this. Whenever we have access, but we don't activate it, it's actually neglect. Ooh, that's a message for another time. Access without activation is neglect. Mm, that wasn't even in my notes. Anyway, so I love to know what I have access to so I can activate it. So as I was looking on the website trying to discover some of these features, I couldn't find them. And I couldn't understand why because I was looking under the headers and I was trying to figure out where all these cool features are. They weren't there. So I ended up clicking under the safety banner. And when I clicked under the safety header, that's when all those features showed up. So the, the, the lane sensors, it was all about safety. The whole idea of the windshield wipers, knowing when to go, it was all about safety. They didn't want you to take your hands off the wheel and take your focus off the road. Even as going as far as having the heads-up display on the, on, on the windshield, it was really all about safety. So I, I realized that these features were not really necessarily things that needed to be discovered, but it was for the benefit of others. See, everything that that car had that I fell in love with, it wasn't about creating comfort, but it was about making sure that everyone can make it to their destination safely. I truly believe that there's times in our lives that we look at getting upgraded and our perspective may be, I'm upgraded, I made it, it's for me. But we're talking about being a faithful steward. It's all about saying that I'm going to be faithful of what I got so that other people can make it to their destination. They can make it to their calling. They can make it to the place that God is calling them to. See, I want to, I want to share with you my journey with being faithful with what God has placed in our hands. I remember almost six years ago when my, my wife and I made the decision to say yes to coming into full-time ministry. To give you some context, I moved to Jacksonville almost 13 years ago and I moved here for another career. A career that I had a very clear path of where I was gonna go, a very clear path of how much I was gonna make in the future, things were going really well. 
But nonetheless, I felt this urge, and I was very much aware that me stepping outside of the corporate environment was gonna require some sacrifices on my end because the truth is, no one gets into ministry to become rich. So as I began to wrestle with this idea of, I'm gonna to have to change some things in order for me to be obedient to what God is calling me to do. So my wife and I began to assess where we were and we, we began to modify our budgets. We began to adjust some things. We began to cut some things off because I realized that walking in the will of God will always require sacrifice. It always will. So we began to count the cost and say, what do we need to do in order for us to be obedient to what God has put on our lives? We did that. Meanwhile, still kept giving, still kept serving, still kept showing up. After being about a year on staff, the home that we were renting, the owners came back and said, hey man, we need to move back in. And because we only had a month to month lease, we had to get up and leave within one month. So this is around Christmas time. So while everybody's doing Christmas shopping and, and talking about their gifts, we're hunting for boxes and trying to figure out where we're we gonna move in in such a short period of time. A friend of ours happened to be renting his house out in the same area. So we moved into his home, but his home was literally half the size. I had some questions because up to this point, I'm a pastor on staff at this church and I'm saying to myself, God, I've been faithful with what you put in my hands, but it seems as if I'm going backwards. I'm going in the wrong direction, God. To make matters worse, this home that we moved into that was so much smaller than the home that we were currently living in, we literally had to ride past our own home every single day. I mean, literally had to ride past it. So I'm not sure if you ever felt that you've lost something but had to ride past the graveyard every day. That was, that was our reality, we had, to, we had to work through that. At the same time, while we're in this, this, this small home, we all come down to just one car. So between myself, my wife, and my daughter who's in college, I basically take on the job of being our family's Uber driver. And I'm driving my wife to work, I'm driving my son to school, I'm driving my daughter to school, taking her to work, while simultaneously trying to maintain my schedule. I'm working on a road and doing the best that I can because it seemed as if I was a full-time taxi driver. No kidding. Just driving, just trying to do the best I can to manage everything that was in front of us. I had some questions. I was perplexed at times. I was frustrated. 21-year-old Jeep, I thank God for it. But I still was faithful. I kept serving. I never stopped giving. Then all of a sudden, God had started to speak to me this vision about me beginning to purchase my own home, a dream that I never thought I would be able to do. So I began to work this plan. I had to begin to move my budget around a little bit more. That meant I had to wait on getting my new car. So here we are, still being the Uber driver, but now cutting back even more just so I can have enough margin that I could save. It was tough, but I, I still kept showing up. I still kept serving and I still kept giving. God saw fit to allow us to move into our home, which happens to be a mile further down the road. So now we're riding past our old home, past our second old home into our new home that is twice the size of our first home. Don't tell me that God won't do it. But let's, but let's take it a step further. I'm still my family's Uber driver. So I'm in this brand new neighborhood and I'm driving around in this 21 year old beat up Jeep, doing the best that I can. People think I'm a construction worker because the car looks like it's been through some things. But nonetheless, I'm still being faithful. I'm still serving, I'm still showing up. Time moves on a little bit further and then literally a vehicle falls into my lap. A friend of mine is like, hey man, I need to get rid of this car. Will you take it? I'm not gonna say no, absolutely I will. Give, it, give me the keys. So now here we are. I, I, I've just upgraded to another vehicle. I gave my old car to my daughter, so now she's riding around in a death trap, but we still prayed over and she's gonna be okay. But now I'm still the Uber driver for my wife and I. 
We're still riding around. I'm still the Uber driver for her, taking her back and forth to, to work and my son to school and me managing my schedule. I just don't have to drive my daughter around anymore. Time moves on a little bit further and, and we knew that we were entering a season where we needed to get another car. And this is, this is real life stuff, y'all. So as I get this phone call about, hey man, there's an opportunity for you to get this other car for a fraction of the cost, like literally a fraction of the cost, but you gotta move now before it gets entered into the inventory. All right, let's go. So we go to take a look at the car. When we show up at the car lot, I see it and I'm, I'm stunned. The guy says, do you wanna take it out for a test drive to see how it handles? And I said, I already know how it handles because I got it as an upgrade when I turned my other car in a few months ago. What I want you to know is that there's times in our lives that God will let you test drive your dreams to see if you'll be faithful when you're awake. And everything that I never thought that I would have, God masterfully was able to line it up and to put it into my hands. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but your upgrades will become your standard when generosity is your default. All you gotta do is keep showing up, keep serving, keep giving. I know that you may have just lost your job, but keep showing up, keep serving, keep giving. I know that there may be sickness in your body, but keep showing up, keep serving, keep giving. I know there may be some setbacks in your life, but keep showing up, keep serving, and keep giving. I know that all hell is breaking loose, but keep showing up, keep serving, and keep giving, and stand on the word of God and say, I will not be moved, I will not be shaken. God's word said that he has blessings for me. I refuse Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.